Hello, and welcome back to the Truth Seekers podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. If you've been following along, then you know we last left the Israelites on their way to Babylon. That's right. The mighty King Nebuchadnezzar had taken the Israelites of the southern kingdom of Judah captive. They were on their way to a foreign land, a land they did not know, with a people they did not know, who spoke a language they did not speak. Have you ever moved to a new school or a new church or a new neighborhood? When I was younger, my family moved a lot. I have lived in eight different states throughout my life. With each move, I had to meet new friends and get used to living in a new place. At first, it was hard and a bit scary and lonely, but soon I adjusted and came to meet many wonderful friends. I can only imagine how the Israelites felt being forced to leave the only home they had ever known. I wonder if they thought God had abandoned them. I wonder if they thought God had left them. You see, the Israelites realized that it was their sin that had separated them from God. They had turned their backs on God. They had followed the desires of their own evil hearts and looked to false gods to worship. Can I tell you something? This was no surprise to God. God knew the Israelites would not be able to follow his laws and his ways. God knew they would sin. He knew they would fall short. You see, a long time ago, back in the Garden of Eden, the very first sin was committed. This sin would change everything. When Adam and Eve chose to listen to the lies of the serpent, they too turned their backs on God. Do you remember what the serpent said to them? He said, you won't die if you eat the fruit. God knows that you will be like him, knowing right from wrong. Satan made Adam and Eve think that God was holding back something good from them, that God was lying to them, when really it was Satan that was lying to them. They did not trust that what God had said was good. They did not trust that God was telling them the truth. They did not trust God's words. And so they reached out and ate the fruit that God told them not to. And sure enough, just as God had said, it brought sin and death into the world. The minute they disobeyed God, sin separated them and the rest of us who have been born ever since. When Adam and Eve sinned, every single person born after them has entered into a world of sin. The Bible says that because we are all born of Adam, we all have sinned. We have a sinful nature. Left by ourselves, we will sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Israelites could not keep the laws and ways of God any more than you and I can. They were sinful. We are sinful. Oh dear, who can save us from our sin? You see, the world will try to tell you that you are enough that you don't need a savior. They will say, you are good enough just the way you are. Well, really, we aren't good enough. Without God, our hearts are full of pride, jealousy, anger, hatred, unforgiveness, selfishness, and much more. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that. 
Without God, we are like the Israelites. You might be tempted to think that all hope is lost for the Israelites or that all hope is lost for us. But I have some good news for you, friends. Let me tell you about a man named Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet just like Jeremiah, and he also lived during the time when King Nebuchadnezzar took the Israelites captive to Babylon. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar and his army came back to Judah over and over again, and each time they came, they took more Israelites captive. And during one of those times, Ezekiel was taken captive. He was one of 10,000 captives that were taken to Babylon in one of those trips. Ezekiel's name means God strengthens. And Ezekiel came from a priestly family. He spent the first 25 years of his life living in Jerusalem, probably training to be a priest at the temple. It would have been heartbreaking for Ezekiel to have watched the temple be destroyed by the Babylonians, having been trained to serve the Lord himself. When Ezekiel was 30 years old, he received his calling from God to be a prophet, just like Jeremiah and Isaiah had received their callings from God to be prophets. Ezekiel was probably younger than Jeremiah and probably would have been influenced by him and heard his prophecies and messages from the Lord. Ezekiel was married and he and his wife were both taken captive to Babylon and there he lived by a river called Kabar. God gave many powerful messages to Ezekiel to deliver to the Israelites, just as God had given to Jeremiah. But you see, Ezekiel was different than Jeremiah in that he actually lived in Babylon with the other Israelites who had been taken captive. He made his home there. He was out of place just as much as the other Israelites were. But God gave Ezekiel special messages of hope to the Israelites living in Babylon. Messages that would encourage them and sustain their faith in such a faraway land, away from their home of Israel. One day when Ezekiel was out by the river Kabar, living in the land of Babylon, God gave him a special vision. Ezekiel saw a vision of four creatures. These creatures were cherubim angels and they represented God's holiness and glory. Cherubim angels are described in the Bible as angels who hover over the throne of God in his presence and worship him day and night, day after day, bringing glory and praise and honor unto the Lord. So Ezekiel saw these creatures, these cherubim, and next to each of them, he saw a wheel. Next to each of the four cherubim, there was a wheel. And when Ezekiel looked closer, inside each of the wheels was another wheel, except that wheel was facing the opposite direction. It would be like if you took a bicycle wheel and then you placed another bicycle wheel in the opposite direction inside that wheel. It would kind of make an X or a crisscross. The two wheels were intersecting each other. Well, that's a kind of funny thing to think about because what direction would the wheel be able to move in? If there was a wheel inside of a wheel and each wheel was facing the opposite direction, 
Would it be able to move at all? And what direction would it move? So Ezekiel watched the wheels. Whenever the cherubim moved, the wheels would move next to them. And he noticed that whenever the wheels moved, they could go in any direction. The wheel within a wheel could move forward, it could move backward, it could move to the right, or it could move to the left. Whenever the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels rose from the ground. Wherever the Spirit of God would go, the wheels would go. Now you might be thinking, this is a very strange vision. Well, let me continue. Ezekiel saw the cherubim creatures with the wheels next to them at the temple. And he saw the glory of the Lord rise above the cherubim from inside the temple. And they moved to the door of the temple. The cloud filled the temple and the court was full of the radiance of the glory of the Lord. The sound of the wings of the cherubim could be heard as far away as the outer court. And then the glory of the Lord moved and departed from over the threshold of the door of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. While Ezekiel watched, he saw the cherubim spread their wings and rise from the ground. And as they went, the wheels went with them. They continued out of the temple past the threshold to the entrance of the east gate. And the glory of the God of Israel was above them. Ezekiel watched as the glory of the Lord left the temple. Just as when the glory of the Lord filled the temple after Solomon built it and prayed unto the Lord, now the glory of the Lord was leaving the temple. And even though this might seem sad to see the glory of the Lord leave the temple, Ezekiel realized something about those wheels. He realized that the glory of the Lord was following the wheels. He realized that God's presence was moving. God's presence isn't stuck inside a temple. The wheels were a powerful picture of the movable presence of God. The wheels meant that God's presence can move. It is not stuck inside a temple. Wheels move, and so God's presence was moving. But to where was God's presence moving? If it was leaving the temple, where was it going? Can you guess? Then the cherubim with the wheels beside them spread their wings and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. The glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped above the mountain east of it. The spirit then lifted Ezekiel up and brought him to the exiles in Babylon in the vision given by the Spirit of God. Can you believe it? God showed Ezekiel that his presence was not only movable, but that his presence was moving with the Israelites to Babylon. God showed Ezekiel his presence leaving the inner court, leaving the outer court, leaving the threshold of the temple, moving out the door to the mountaintop, and taking Ezekiel all the way to Babylon. This means that God was going with them. Ezekiel saw this vision while he was in exile in Babylon. God had not left them after all. God had not abandoned them. In fact, his presence was going with them. 
Ezekiel was so excited, he quickly told the Israelites in exile in Babylon everything the Lord had showed him, and this gave them great comfort to know the Lord's presence would be with them. There was one more glorious message that the Lord was about to give Ezekiel and the other Israelites in exile. Listen closely to what the Lord said to Ezekiel. Although I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries, yet for a little while I have been a home for them in the countries where they have gone. I will be a sanctuary for them in Babylon, but I will gather them back from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you back the land of Israel again. Then God said to Ezekiel, They will return to the land and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. Dear True Seekers, did you hear that? That's the answer. The answer all along was that the Israelites needed a new spirit within them. That was the missing piece. No wonder they couldn't obey God's commands and follow him and serve him. They were trying to do it in their own sinful selves and they needed help. They did not have a new spirit placed in them yet. They needed to be born again with a new spirit and God was going to do this for them. They could not give themselves a new spirit. Only God could give them a new spirit. But how? How would God give them a new spirit? God would send his only son and his only son Jesus would be perfect without sin. He would be the only man who ever lived to never sin. And because Jesus was perfect and without sin, he could die in our place and take our sin. And in exchange, give us a new spirit. Place his perfect, his spotless spirit within us instead. Now, when we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, God places a new spirit in us, just as he promised he would do for the Israelites. Our new spirit comes alive when we believe that Jesus took our sins in his place. He forgives us, he washes us clean, and then he places his spirit inside of us. The Bible says that we now can live by the Spirit in us, not by our sinful man, but by the Spirit who is living in us. Galatians says that the Spirit of God in us produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now it is the Spirit inside of us that helps us to obey and follow God. We can't do it by ourselves. We need the Spirit to help us. Isn't that such good news? I know I need help. I can't live for God and follow him on my own. In my own strength, in my own flesh, I am sinful. But it's the Spirit of God in me that helps me to live and follow and obey him. This was the promise that Ezekiel declared for the Israelites in Babylon. God was going to help them to obey him by giving them a new spirit. Their heart would no longer be divided between worshiping him and false gods. Now their hearts would be fully devoted to him. 
Only those who look to Jesus will receive this new spirit. Only those who accept what Jesus has done on the cross will receive his spirit to help us live for him. Isn't that so good of God to not leave us alone, to try to figure things out all by ourselves? But God has not left us hopeless. He has made a way for us to be united with him again, to have him living on the inside of us. Do you know that when you accept Jesus, you have the spirit of God inside of you? He guides you and comforts you and tells you where to go and what to do. What a wonderful thing for the Israelites to look forward to. One day in the coming future, God was going to send his son to come in order to save them from their sins and place a new spirit inside of them to help them live for him so that they would be called children of God and their hearts would be turned back to him for all those who would accept the coming Messiah. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in Ezekiel chapters 10 and 11. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that your presence goes with us. We do not need to travel to a temple far away to meet with you. You are in us because you have placed your spirit within us. We are the temple. We are the place where you make your home. We will never, ever, ever be alone because you are with us everywhere we go. Your presence is movable, just like those wheels. You move in every direction. You move forward. You move backwards. You move from side to side. You are all around us. You are in us and around us. You are near. You are ever present. And I am so thankful for that. God, thank you for placing a new spirit in me when I ask Jesus into my heart. I know that I cannot obey you and live for you by myself. I need your help. Thank you that your spirit in me helps to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, that I have your holiness. I have your perfect spotless spirit in me. Without you, I would be lost and full of sin and separated from God. But because you gave your life and you conquered death, I now have your spirit in me. I put all my faith and hope and trust in what you did for me. I believe. I simply believe. I believe that you did it for me. I accept it as the gift of God. And I am so grateful. I stand on your holiness and righteousness in me. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, I have a few more reviews I'd like to read. This first review is from Ashley and Ruthie from Massachusetts. Ruth says, Hi, Sherilyn. I like all of your podcasts. I listen to them at night with my mom at bedtime. They help me to fall asleep because they are so peaceful. Thank you so much for that, Ruth. And uh, Ashley says, thank you so much for providing sound biblical content for my child and me to listen to. Last year when COVID hit, I was trying to find interesting things for my kids to listen to. We found some cool apps where they read fun stories to children, but they were either secular or not that good. I wanted something both interesting and rich in truth, and then I stumbled across Truth Seekers. My daughter, Ruth, really loved listening, especially to the story of Ruth, and truthfully, you had me hooked as well. I was going through a time myself where I was craving rich biblical truth, but sometimes it's just so hard to grasp. These stories urged me to dig a little deeper and think a little harder and read my Bible a little more. Thank you so much for what you do for children and parents alike. You have such a sweet gift. Well, Ashley and Ruthie, that was so special. Thank you so much for taking the time to write that and leave that review for me. 
This next review is from David R. Smith, and he says, Hi, I am a 59-year-old kid who loves these Bible summaries. Very good. I love that so much. Thank you, David, for writing in and letting me know that you're listening. This review says, I'm a 30-something-year-old woman with no children, but I still love this podcast. I love how the stories of the Bible are told. I would recommend this to anyone of any age. I've also shared this with one of my sisters who is the same age, and she now listens. Thank you for sharing and listening. This review says, we just found out about this podcast a couple of months ago and are loving it. We are already on episode 80. My five-year-old daughter, Reese, wants to share that her favorite Bible stories are Adam and Eve and Noah's Ark. We listen together and I learn just as much as she does. Thank you for making this wonderful podcast and helping to share the good news. Well, thank you, Reese, for listening and thank you so much for that review. Uh, This next review just says, I love this podcast. Thank you. This next review says, we started listening with the first episode and have been working our way through to catch up. I am absolutely floored by how much my daughter has learned about the Bible by listening to this podcast from my five-year-old daughter, Sparrow. I love listening to True Seekers during quiet time. I love listening to it because it's about Jesus. Thank you, Sparrow. This next review says, me and my brother love listening to your podcast in the morning during breakfast. My favorite episode is from the story of Joseph. That's Reagan, age seven. And Everett, age five, says, my favorite story is David and Goliath because I like armies. That's awesome. Thank you, Everett and Reagan. This next review is so special. It says, I just recently lost two special people in my family and the nights I can't sleep because of all the thoughts going on in my head. It helps me find the sameness in life. I love it so much. It works for my six-year-old brother and me, the 12-year-old. So helpful for my family. We love it. I just want to thank you for sharing that with me and please know that you are in my prayers. I know it's never easy to lose someone that you love and so please know that the Lord is with you and he is comforting you. And he's got you right there in the palm of his hands. This next review says, my name is Josiah and I am five. I really like this podcast. My favorite episodes are the praying ones that go through the Hebrew alphabet. My mama, little sister Anastasia, and I listen to this podcast every time we're in the car. And I love being a truth seeker. Thank you for making this podcast. Keep it up. Josiah, I will keep it up. Thank you so much for that review. Thank you all for listening. And thank you for joining me today. I look forward to our time together next week.